This episode was recorded only just before the death of wonderful actor Bruno Gantz, and funnily enough, he gets a mention near the end of this podcast. This is becoming a grim trend. Gantz was a marvellous actor, and if you haven't seen Wim Wenders' classic film Wings of Desire, in which he played an angel who falls in love with a lonely trapeze artist in pre-unification Berlin, then I would urge you to do so. But for those of us still here with no wings, it's on with the show. There's a bit in Fight Club where Edward Norton runs into Bob, uh, Meatloaf, who he hasn't seen in a while, mm. and he says, hey, are you still going to therapy? And at this point, Edward Norton's been part of Fight Club for a while. And Meatloaf says, oh, well, no, actually, I've got a new thing. But uh, the first rule of it is, um, I'm not supposed to talk about it. And the second rule is, I'm not supposed to talk about it. And the third rule is, Bob, Bob, he interrupts, I'm a member. And they sort of bond over being a shared member. But, mm. no, no, no. What were you about to say, Bob? What were you about to explain was the third rule of this thing you're not supposed to talk about. Because the third rule of Fight Club is if someone says stop or goes limp or taps out, then the fight is over. (laughs) So, oh no, I can't tell you anything about it. The first rule is don't tell anyone about it. Second rule, don't tell anyone about it. Third rule, if someone says stop, you do have to stop. I mean, I was talking about (laughs) Unitarianism. Well, the third rule is only two people are allowed to fight at a time. Yeah, you know, I guess. It's more Methodist. (laughs) Is that the same one? I don't even know. I don't know. Thanks, religious (laughs) education in Britain. (laughs) I don't know anything about those religions that there are, but I've seen The Matrix five times. My religious education was Martin Luther King was pretty good. Merry (laughs) Christmas, everyone. Oh, that's a a bit topical for my school. Let's just watch Little Nicky again. What were the religious themes of Little Nicky? Uh, The devil was in it. That's an A star. <laughs> Thanks, convicted for having had sex with a student religious teacher of mine. Genuine <laughs> thing. Look it up. I'm just kidding. He wasn't convicted. The judge ruled that the girl had led him on. <laughs> That's how Crayford do. Oh, God. <laughs> a fucking actual judge said that. Britain. It's fantastic. <laughs> I grew closer over the summer. (laughs) (laughs) And this week we shall, for no good reason, talk about Song to Song, Terence Malick's two-hour documentary about Michael Fassbender. Am I no good reason, Paul? (laughs) Are you the reason? Are you no damn good reason for this? Call me Hooperstank, because I'm the reason. I didn't know why I was coming to this party. And then I saw you and I thought, that's why. We thought we could just roll and tumble, live from song to song, kiss to kiss. The film stars old Fassie as himself, along with Rooney Mara, Ryan Gosling, Mm. Natalie Portman, and Kate Blanchett. Yeah, now you're interested, aren't you? (laughs) You shouldn't be. How come I haven't heard of this? Well, you'll find out. Yeah, you fucking find out, you idiots. (laughs) 
The film proved divisive with critics, achieving the lowest Rotten Tomatoes score of Terence Malick's young career, a Shyamalan shaming 43% and a bay baiting mm. 54 on Metacritic. Wow. Add them together, though. <laughs> Add them together, though. It means becomes meaningless. <laughs> becomes boyhood. And Hornaday. <laughs> a Hornaday keeps bad movies away. There's a tagline for you there. And Hornaday. <laughs> you can have that. You can have that for free. <laughs> I think you need the help, you know, writing for the Washington Post and all. Could be better. Just step up your game, love. And Hornaday <laughs> for, the, for the Washington Post, the best newspaper on earth, says, um, Song to Song is a painful movie to watch, not only because it is so divery and overlong, but because it reveals Malick to be a filmmaker far more interested in surfaces than his vaunted intellectual depth would suggest. Mm. Particularly the smooth midriffs of every single woman in this film. <laughs> that is quite a surface. You can and will, at some stage in your life, eat your dinner off of Berenice Marlowe's stomach. You won't lose a thing. She's doing the rounds. A pea? <laughs> Where's it gone? Oh, it's in a navel. She hid it under the gravy. <laughs> this is the worst dinner to eat off of a... You hear about, like, eating dinners off of a person. It's usually, like, sushi or something. <laughs> nope, full Sunday roast. Yorkies and all. Yeah, but if she just did sushi, it wouldn't be a challenge, would it? She'd have to do something with risk of spilling. But no, the gravy pools in the concentric lines that make out her abs. And uh, she keeps the Yorkshire, Yorkshire pudding warm. Where's the cranberry sauce? Oh, it's in her butt. Anyway, cranberry sauce for a beef roast. Not likely so. Oh, the French. <laughs> I assume. Peter Travers, here we fucking go at the Rolling Stone. Peter, here we fucking go, Travers at the Rolling Stone says, this movie hits all the wrong notes. Oh, <laughs> God! Oh, Be a Travers, you, you fucking legend. Did it. Oh, you ridiculous man. Finally did it, you clown. <laughs> but somebody well liked it. John <laughs> Semley, at the Globe and Mail, said the haughtily unenlightened can joke and snipe and snore all the want. Nice editing there. As evinced by song to song, Malik is operating in top form. If only we'd be bothered to do the work of making sense of it. Personally, <laughs> as a critic, I find the best way to promote things I'm worried might be misunderstood, like Suspiria or The Last Jedi, for example, is to offer my thoughts and feelings and my interpretation. And sometimes you can encourage others to challenge their own interpretations. Failing that, I will accuse people who have different opinions of being haughtily unenlightened <laughs> and unwilling to put enough effort into enjoying the thing. <laughs> You're not trying hard enough, love. I'll fucking show him. I'll show him. I'll absolutely adore this film. <laughs> not everyone who likes Song to Song is an elitist asshole, but some are, and here's another one. Christopher Hooten at The Independent gave it all five stars, both barrels oh. and five stars, saying all the cast are at top of their game. Uh, Fassbender conjuring the same maniacal but silent sadness he did in Shame. Nope. And Portman, off the back of her amazing performance in the otherwise boring as hell Jackie, to uh. which I stopped reading the review, exclaimed, fuck you, and move on to the next hack. <laughs> fuck me. <laughs> Actually, I fucking did finish reading his review because my blood was up, but and Jesus yeah. Christ was it insufferable, urging the audience to stop. You'll probably be wondering why aren't I enjoying this, but I urge you, Try not to think about whether or not you enjoy this or not. And suggested that whether or not you enjoy it depends on how much of life you've actually experienced so far. Because happy-go-lucky types may struggle with such heady themes. Like? <laughs> like Rooney Mara's abs and Baronese Marlowe's abs. I don't know if you've experienced anything in life to prepare you for that. I haven't. Look past contemplating where the gravy goes on Baronese's <laughs> open guts. <laughs> open sagging guts. It's a horror show at this stage. Don't think about it. Please, the love of God, just enjoy the it. The body horror of a gravy-drenched Berenice. <laughs> the Cronenbergian nightmare that is this Sunday roast I've done. Anyway, he also uses the word hippotrachoidal. 
which is just not an effective means of communicating. No. I, I oh tried. God, I tried to Google that word to no luck. Hippotrichoidal. It's something like Jesus. circles within circles or something. Fucking piss off. I know. But those happy-go-lucky public weren't buying any of this. Oh, no. That's typical, isn't it? Cretins. Ned Buckman over at Google says, A two-hour perfume commercial. Beautiful people in beautiful clothes and beautiful settings standing around, playing, fanning over each other, driving around in expensive cars, attending parties or concerts mm. with ra- vapid thoughts like this. This is it. No one works or has any visible source of income to support their lifestyle. No one has any idea what real love is. No one has any purpose. They're just drifting from moment to moment, song to song. Don't you try and tell Ned Buckman what real love is. You don't know Ned Buckman. You don't know the things he's seen. No, he's seen two badgers going at it. <laughs> in the back of an Asda car park. <laughs> Say what you like about Ned Buckman, but he's seen he's seen the stripy love. <laughs> and you know what? That makes him haughty. He's seen the... F- Haughtily unenlightened. <laughs> On his haunches, with his haughtiness. Nicole Sombenoitis, son fucking hyperquadroidal, um, <laughs> writing for Google, says, We live in Austin, and as my friend pointed out, for a film about music in Austin, there's very little Austin music in it. Austin yeah. or music. Now, I have very exciting news. We have oh. a trio of three men. And as you know, three three men make a cube man. God, I've been waiting for this moment. So this Cronenbergian uh, cube man is made out of... Michael Fassbender from Ascreed and the Snowman. Mm-hmm. Val Kilmer, also the Snowman, but then mm-hmm. Twixt. And you can't really fault him for his choice yes. of directors. No. <laughs> he tries. He, he, he led astray, I feel. <laughs> None of us were good enough for Val Kilmer. Sweet gullible Val Kilmer. <laughs> Gentle child Val Kilmer. <laughs> yeah, you can't blame him for his choice of directors. Unlike number three, all the ducks, it's Natalie Portman from the Star Wars. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Hot off the, the the failure that was Jackie. <laughs> that boring ass hell film. All very, very good actors. And look at them now. <laughs> in our bin. Oh, free to a man. Free in a bush. Free. Free. Yo. Films are shit, mate. You think Terrence Malick, maybe he's going to come back and do a good one. <laughs> maybe this time. Get on, get on with this. It worked for Ben Affleck. I missed that one. We'll wait six months. Well, maybe he's going to do another two-decade hiatus. Oh, no. <laughs> there's, th- there's this film that he shot immediately after the last one. During it. Instead of it. <laughs> now, IMDb trivia can be very spotty, often containing items that are n- neither interesting nor even sometimes coherent thoughts. But I have to acknowledge that Song for Song features the finest piece of film trivia I've ever read. Oh, yeah? It is as follows. Mm. In the first press screening in LA... In LA over 15 people walked out. Over 15? As the movie ended, as soon as the movie ended, a woman said, yay, and everyone laughed. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that's an, an that's an anecdote, really, not trivia. <laughs> I'll accept it. I, I'd accept it in lieu of trivia. Yeah. <laughs> Anecdotal evidence for the failure that is song to song. I will accept it in this case. Causation does not mean correlation, whatever that means. But in this case, <laughs> means the woman who said yay will go on to live in infamy. <laughs> On this fucking trivia page forever. So, Paul, you haughty hyptocroid. Grace. What's one thing about Song to Song that made you want to? Father? Absent mother? Did you move my keys? I put them on the side. I've looked everywhere for them. Hello, mother. (laughs) Hello, father. (laughs) Here I am, Ed. Michael Fassbender. (laughs) Nice. We're all at Michael Fassbender. Anyway, are we all at Michael Fassbender? <laughs> are we all at Michael Fassbender on Twitter? No, I am. <laughs> there was some outstanding twerking in this film. Yes, I noticed a good twerking. 
on stage. Yeah, the one solid bit of performance that was captured in Terence Malick's movie <laughs> for longer than three seconds, as is his one, was some fantastic twerking. I, d- I don't know who did the twerking. I only know one famous twerker. <laughs> and it wasn't and her. I can't. So No. It, well, it might have been. I don't know. I fucking know. Pop music. <laughs> don't, don't even... Come on. <laughs> let me let me just Well, it's Terence Malick, so big. it was probably Benicio Del Toro. It was Big Frida, who uh, is the only twerker I know because she supported the Postal Service and the Postal Service's fans all just started leaving really horrible tweets insulting her. You know, fans of slightly progressive experimental side act of Death Cab for Cutie, the Postal Service, went up for a twerk. I don't know what any of the fuck this is, but Paul, please, <laughs> please walk me through the events of Song to Song. Which starts with the Studio Canal logo, which is a refreshing change yeah. of pace for us. Yeah, and I've got to say, Paul, if you're looking for clarity after that that confusing introduction, <laughs> I don't know how to break this to you. <laughs> but I've got nothing for you. Look. <laughs> it's a fairly simple plot, and we could sum it up in five bullet points. Let's see what extra source the Pauls can bring to this. <laughs> Ryan Gosling and Michael Fassbender. Yes. Ryan Gosling's a musician. He's doing all right for himself. Wait, Michael he's Fassbender's a musician? Record... When did that come out? Well, it's implied. Oh, okay. Is anyone else in this cast musicians that I didn't know? I thought this was about a bunch um, of accountants. Well, actually, you, you think that because they're all, they're all sitting around talking about change. And... <laughs> that was very smooth. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Let's go now. <laughs> actually, you have uh, Rooney Mara in there and she's also a musician. And you have um, Natalie Portman. Oh, Hang she's on. not a musician. She's a teacher. But she's a musician of, for children's hearts. But also a waitress. At least once. And a waitress. But wait, okay, so what, what is Rooney Mara's instrument? The triangle. Ooh, now, there was a shot of this. <laughs> there was one shot in that two and a half hour film. A genuine three seconds of footage of her strumming a guitar on stage at a festival where clearly they'd, been, they'd, they'd gone to like South by Southwest <laughs> and gone, now everyone... <laughs> it's, it's, it's bloody it's fucking more than John Maynard Keenan did last year <laughs> hey hey is that hey. his name the tall guy Maynard James Keenan yeah <laughs> hey lads oh he works very slowly oh god he's a genius actually he released the A Perfect Circle album last year so that's oh that's wrong true. <laughs> <laughs> he's oh, working well. on tour if only um, this were 2016 anyway good reference but you know she's, they, they clearly went to South by Southwest and Terrence Malick or the producers went now everyone here's a special treat the Terrence Malick's filming his new film, and it's ostensibly about music. So we're gonna gonna get Rooney Mara, who doesn't play the guitar, to come on and strum a chord. But we're not gonna plug her in. You just have to pretend to be infused. I know most ninety nine percent of you aren't gonna do that, but <laughs> I've seen the incredibly strange cringes who stopped living and became mixed up zombies. We can just ADR that shit in. She strums the guitar three times, then it cuts. Thankfully, so we don't have to think about the fact that any of these are musicians again. But they are yes. actually musicians, and they, they go are. around. There. And there's yeah. there's a kind of romantic thing going on between them because. What? Ryan Gosling is using his acting to convince me that he is an underdog in a fucking love triangle. <laughs> you know, it's it's really convincing. Yeah. You know, I really hope that my physical perfection and natural charm make up for my slight shyness. Yeah, but um, mm, Michael Fassbender's a, a fucking monster, so how do you compete True. with that? <laughs> and... He's a fucking chimpanzee. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a car aerial up his ass, and he's looking for trouble. <laughs> he he plays record company guy, and he's he's a louche and a cad <laughs> and a rake. Yeah. Um, and a highwayman. Women love that shit. And a highwayman. <laughs> and a cheese toaster. And 
three ways from Sunday. And yeah, they're in this this thing because Rooney Mara meets uh, the producer Michael Fassbender and starts sleeping with him because, you know, that's what you do in the music life, do. I've been told by my music yeah. friends. I don't have any music friends. And then Ryan Gosling comes in and he's the musician. Yeah, the two of them then meet Gosling, I think at a funeral. They're like at a funeral with some guy's ashes and they're like, ah, oh, here's to you, oh, old dead man. Yeah. And they pour some alcohol into his, um, into his urn. And I just thought about how awful oh, yeah. that is. Paul, if you if I die first, mm. and there's no guarantee, because even though I live a much less healthy lifestyle, God has decided to afflict you with many maladies to try and even <laughs> many the chronic balance. illnesses. <laughs> <laughs> and also, in terms of us getting murdered, I feel like I piss people off more often, but you piss people off harder. So <laughs> there's no guarantees. I like to, to worm my way in. <laughs> Give it a week. I have some um, very incendiary centrist policies. <laughs> So there's no guarantee, but if you do outlive me, yeah. because I do Which have I a won't. habit of going around kicking uh, cars whilst they're moving. Yeah. Um, if I keep that Whereas up. I just lay in front of them, <laughs> screaming abuse about Jeremy Corbyn. In Islington. <laughs> Jeremy Corbyn's front garden. <laughs> just just have a donor on. The, you know what? Have my funeral in a in a van, in a meat van. Yeah. Just on the street. Offer up donors to anyone who comes by and says, this is for him. And then point to a picture of me in the corner <laughs> with my thumbs up. <laughs> Eating a kebab. And they'll be like, oh, okay. And then walk off. Yeah. Nice one. <laughs> and then Edges. at the end of the day, just drop one of the little slices of meat into the urn with me. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll drink it. Drink that meat. Drink, 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 drink that, that meat. meat. Drink that ashy meat. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's 20-year-old Brazilian lingerie model girlfriend. Um, well, if, if, if I die, Paul, I'm yeah. going to have everybody wear Hawaiian shirts. And oh, uh, I'm going to get uh, the hula band. Is that what they're called? Because I'm mad. <laughs> I'm know. bloody mad. Oh god. Oh god. Oh imagine imagine my old wife trying to book it. <laughs> oh and then and then they could all come along and put their keys into a little glass jar and they can go home and fuck each other. I'm mental. <laughs> um broadbent the fucking louche. I don't know what I was, but I do know that I want to become that entity. God help us. Um uh, yeah, is, no, wait, it's, it's wrong. Wait, we discussing a film a while ago. We've been trying not to. Look, they wander around some festivals, and then they go wander around Mexico, yeah. and they wander out a bit more. There's a threesome going on, basically. Gosling likes yeah. Gosling likes um, Mara. Mara yeah. likes Fassbender. Fassbender likes Gosling, kind of. But what? Then they have a fight after a trip to Mexico. Yeah. So I just put, I've just noticed that I've put the note here. I always feel like I'm not paying enough attention to these <laughs> Malik films. It's it's so hard, Paul. It yeah. was so hard. They... Crucial detail, sorry. All the way through okay. this, we've been hearing narration that says things like... That was the first time in my life that I knew everything came from that hour. I wish that it could last forever. What did you know? Huh? What? What came from that hour? Mm-hmm. I don't know what you mean, Natalie Portman. And then, uh, yeah, Natalie Portman comes in and starts doing it as well, her monologuing. And I'm worried because it's exactly the same as Rooney Mara's monologue. And I start to (laughs) panic because what if they say something important? (laughs) I was desperate to feel something real. Nothing felt real. Where am I now? A new hell. Destroyed. I was. How will I know when to listen? (laughs) Yeah, so Michael Fassbender is feeling a bit shut out um, because... He's only got 70 women to fuck, and Ryan Gosling is just fucking Rooney Mara really well. Yeah. And so he's feeling a little bit lonely, so he goes and seduces teacher-slash-waitress Natalie yeah. Portman. He goes and grossly hits on a woman who is paid to be nice to him 
But it's all right because yeah. it works out because he's Michael Fassbender. He systematically but accidentally destroys Natalie Portman's <laughs> life by introducing her to a life of debauchery yeah. and also fucking other women constantly. <laughs> and then Rooney Mara tells Ryan Gosling about the uh, the little menage a trois <laughs> that he's been unintentionally involved in. Yeah. He breaks up with her, which yeah. is unbelievable, actually, that someone <laughs> as desperate as Ryan Gosling would, uh, would do something so brave. <laughs> he then dates Kate Blanchett. But that yep. doesn't work because his mum... Yeah, he, yeah, his his mum doesn't like her, so it doesn't work. She also looks identical to Kate Blanchett, which is weird. <laughs> yeah, this is too confusing. Please stop this. I think somebody says the line, I wanted all of their pain to be for something. And I think to myself, yeah, I'm fucking hoping for that. Um, <laughs> Natalie now. Portman dates Berenice Marlowe, Bond girl, for a bit. Rooney Mara? What did I say? Natalie Portman. Oh, for fuck's sake. What? You see how difficult it is, everyone <laughs> listeners at home. Berenice Marlowe dates one of the leads in this film. <laughs> Um, one of the breathy female voiceovers. Yes, one of the breathy voiceovers. She dates the voiceover, not the woman. It's very awkward. <laughs> Where should we go for dinner? Grace. Anyway. Um, <laughs> grapes. Grapes. <laughs> yes, they, yeah. they date. That's good. Um, and then we get about 15 solid minutes of uh, softcore lesbian action. <laughs> very softcore. I don't um, think anyone takes their trousers off. Nor do I think they kiss, no. if I remember correctly. There, there's some kissing, but it's mostly just Berenice. What's her surname? Marlowe. Berenice Marlowe fingering Rooney Mara under her trousers. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And a few shots of that, and uh, then a few more shots of Michael Fassbender fucking women while Natalie Portman (laughs) is sad but tries to look happy for him. Fassbender not exactly fucking women, but chasing them around his bedroom whilst yelling. (laughs) Which leads me to wonder if Fassbender actually knows how to have sex. Maybe this has been (laughs) the problem throughout the whole thing. He hasn't demonstrated it yet. I mean, the one time he did it in shame, he was crying his eyes out, so... (laughs) Well, no, he did fuck that woman in, in in the window and such. But maybe this character in Song to Song doesn't have any idea how to do sex. And Rooney Mara just says to Ryan Gosling, I'm sorry, it's just, he was so different. What did you do with him? We tussled, ran around the <laughs> Everything garden, and nothing. Pushed each other over a lot. <laughs> got into like really tight close-ups and then long shots. Squished a cake between our midriffs. In slow motion. Val Kilmer appears and chainsaws a speaker in half, at which point Rooney Mara yeah. asks herself, what if I'm not an artist? And I'm like, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was amazing that that was not a highlight of the film for me. Yeah. It managed to just be the same tone as the rest of the well, film. Emotionally, it was, it was pretty much consistent with everything else that's happened. Yeah. From characters eating yeah. crepes to murdering themselves. Ryan Gosling's wandering around the palace he lives in, thinking, it's just not the same without her. Oh, Casey Affleck wandering around in a sheet. <laughs> I've got, you think you've got problems. <laughs> um, what's her name? Natalie Portman accidentally encounters a real person who has actual problems in the form of a prostitute yeah. Michael Fassbender has paid to have sex with them, who's yeah. trying to overcome the death of her boyfriend yeah. by working as a sex worker and is holding on to her faith in spite of how rough her life is. No, never mind her. There's more wandering around yeah. to be done. Yeah. Then maybe because of or in spite of Natalie Portman kills herself, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> as far as I can tell, she, she's just dead in the water. <laughs> Michael Fassbender crab walks away whilst crying. He hasn't gone. <laughs> he hasn't gotten physical emotions down yet. He's got bananas hanging off of his cock. It's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> um, what's that say? <laughs> dog wedding. There's a dog wedding. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> There's a fucking. <laughs> There's a fucking Just... dog wedding. I swear to God. <gasps> voiceovers have really gone a weird direction so yeah natalie portman's dead michael fassbender ceases to exist um ryan gosling and natalie portman get back together <laughs> or yeah or rooney mara <laughs> the dead he gets back together with the dead natalie 
Portman. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> what is it about the Mara sisters that makes them absolutely impossible <laughs> for me to comprehend? Natalie Karamara. Are, are they like constantly evolving species, straight strains <laughs> of DNA that just glom on to whatever is most similar to them in the room? <laughs> Which in the case of fucking Kara Wilson, was a piece of calamari. <laughs> Infinitely refracting DNA. And uh, <laughs> this, is, this is your result, this podcast. Gosling decides to give up on the fucking sweet life of music and wandering around. And goes and works in an oil rig. Well, apparently he's not very yeah. good at it because the only scene we get is him being told off by his boss. He's going to live there with Natalie Portman, who's decided to love him forever. Um, the film cuts to credits and a woman in my living room shouts, yay. <laughs> it was the you. End. It was me. Yeah. I was that woman, always. God <sighs> almighty. Even though we didn't spend long talking about that, I'm still exhausted. Yeah, I just... The memory is poor. And I'd like very to stress memories. to everyone that that was two hours and ten minutes long, what we just said there. When did you finally check the clock? In the end, I wanted to check the clock at about 45 minutes. Yeah. I held off until the hour mark. But yeah, it was rough. I waited a full 35 minutes before checking, and I genuinely thought an hour had gone. <laughs> and to see 36 minutes tick over yeah. was one of, one of the more <laughs> difficult experiences in my life. Yeah. And I lived in Northampton. <laughs> for ages <laughs> for years yeah nothing but lord was, of the rings to keep your company the reason i watched that so often and also <laughs> drank more than a 13 year old should <laughs> paul i don't i don't want to sound haughtily unenlightened but <laughs> nothing happened in this film no and it's not that nothing happened but the nothing that happened was so bereft of anything yeah anything to latch onto. i'm gonna have such trouble explaining why i dislike this film one of my issues is the attitudes that feel to be feel like they're at the heart of the thing. And I yeah. feel like almost any fact about the film's production could be followed by a heavily spectacled and l- but lightly bearded man saying, brilliant. <laughs> this film was shot without a real script. Oh, brilliant. The original cut was eight hours long. Oh, <sighs> brilliant. It was mm. shot in only 40 days, but over the space of two years. Brilliant. The film features two Oscar winning actors who were cut from the final print of the film. Buttery. Ryan Gosling didn't eat beans once in the entire film. Brilliant. But it's all he's been able to eat since. It feels like a film that he launched into without very much thought as to what it was about. Mm. And then just sort of improvised. I would say that it's ostensibly about love. Yes. It's about love, but also kind of lust. Yes. The fine line between the two. Unfortunately, the greatest sin of this film is that it robs me of the pleasure of disliking it. (laughs) Because quite aside from the fact that this is meant to be a positive podcast in which we take a positive look at all the more divisive films that are out there which we follow we follow that creed like 30 percent of the time now anyway no instead all of my problems are not problems that i tend to have with films in general right because it's it's like really elusive and there's no real main characters and you know it doesn't express itself clearly i love that shit yeah but but then as um (laughs) demonstrated by this film there's a good way of doing that in a bad way and and i and i think it we are able to quantify that. To help me understand it, I had to go back and think about 
Terence Malick's that I actually enjoy because he employs much of the same techniques in Song to Song, almost 100% of the same techniques yeah. in Song to Song as he does in these far better movies. Yes, we should talk about writer-director Terence Malick for a bit. Go on then. Now, Paul, if there are, if there are only two things I know, mm. it's how to find cheap ham in London. No questions <laughs> asked. Mm-hmm. Under the counter ham. <laughs> they call me the ham man. The ham man of East London. Not West London, it's not my gaff. Not to be confused with the West Ham man of London. <laughs> He's a whole other entity. (laughs) He's a whole other spectacle. Do not cross the West Ham Man of London. (laughs) No, but they call me the East Ham Man. (laughs) Fucking hell, it's awful. East Ham Man, no questions asked. I can't stress that enough that I am unprepared to answer any questions at any time about any of this. (laughs) About East Ham or West Ham? About any of the hams, but they call me that. And the other thing I know is that I have mixed feelings about all post-hiatus Malik. Yes. So for those who don't know, Terence Malick directed two films in the 1970s, Badlands and Days of Heaven, mm-hmm. uh, which are two of the best films of the 1970s. And then he didn't work again for 20 years, mm. eventually returning to the medium with 1998's The Thin Red Line. And he's made a number of films since and seems to be picking up speed because he's been doing one a year for the past four years. He's done a Woody Allen. He has, he has become a Woody Allen in the least offensive way possible. <laughs> Um, yeah, critics turned on him after Tree of Life, which they loved. And then his next film, To the Wonder, was the first of many subsequent Whee. divisive films. Yeah. So I've seen his 70s work and I adore it. I absolutely fucking love it. And mm. I really liked The Thin Red Line the first time. Mm. A recent rewatch was not kind. I still liked it. Yep. It was to prepare for our top 10 episode. It was, yeah. And I, to, I mean, that's how highly we thought of it, is you wanted yeah. to see if it was in your yeah. top 10 films of all time. I thought amazing shots, amazing action, a story with you know, in, like, incredible cast, every, everything together, a war epic, wonderful, let's watch it. And it just, it didn't even make it into my mm. top 30, I don't think. No. So there's so much good to that movie. It just, there really is. Going back to it after To the Wonder was the last Terrence Malick that I'd seen before watching The Thin Red Line. You no, saw it To was, the Wonder. It was um, Voyage of Time, right? Yes, yes. Uh, so, yes, let's, let's keep hell. going a bit with okay. our retrospective. So, Tree of Life yeah. was after... It went Thin Red Line, New World, which neither of us have seen. That's the Colin Farrell New World yeah. thing. I'd like to. I'd like to. I'm curious. Yeah. Um, then it was Tree of Life, which everybody loved, but I always had troubles with Tree of Life. Yes. I rewatched it today, and I enjoyed it more this time than any previous time. That's I actually wonderful. liked it, in fact, for the most part. That's great. I did think of Tarkovsky, whose work I was not familiar with when I first watched Tree of Life back in 2010. Mm, okay. And it was troubling for me to try and think why this and subsequent Maliks left me so cold. Because, yeah, the next one was um, To the Wonder, and then I think it was Knight of Cups, Voyage of Time, <sighs> Song to Song. Yeah. Now I... Knight of Cups was similarly panned. Yeah, I love Tree of Life. I think he got the balance of the Terence Malachisms. <laughs> Malachian. Like, yeah, he got the, the Malachian balance absolutely He got perfect. the Darren Malachian balance yeah. absolutely <laughs> perfect. And even Darren Malachian hasn't achieved that yet. <laughs> I thought the, the voiceover was well placed. Uh-huh. V- visually, uh, everything can be justified. I mean, it has stunning cinematography. Nobody yeah. captures natural light like Emmanuel yeah. Lebeski. He's yeah. the guy who usually does uh, Quaron's work yeah. and Inuritu's work. Mm. Nobody does natural light like that. It's mm. it's stunning, yeah. his work. He's a master. Mm. Affecting but really understated performances, particularly Jessica Chastain and Brad Pitt, who's yeah. probably in his career best there. Yeah, Very loose narrative, good stuff. And it's generally about mood and texture. Mm. And I, But I did realize rewatching it that I would like it about a hundred times more without the inner monologues. The way of nature and the way of grace. 
Grace doesn't try to please itself when all the world is shining around it and love is smiling through all things. Mm, okay. Um, and I think we did agree that on Void of Time as, Void of Time as well as that the images yeah. would be much more striking if not for, you know, mm. Mother, are you Jesus. watching me? Just, I, I, it's... Uh, I I feel like if in trying to justify it in, in Terence Malick's work, I could justify it in the Thin Red Line and Tree of Life um, because it felt like narr- narratively it made more sense. Thin Red Line, I'd agree. Thin Red yeah. Line was very much a case of him talking to the woman he's left behind, mm. having all these conversations with her about mm. like how similar our experiences, and then it just makes it more shattering when we get to the end and find out that actually his wife hasn't been sharing any of this. She's been living a whole other life that he can't relate to in yeah. that letter that she sends. Yeah. You know, that's that's really great. Tree of Life seems to be about grief mm. and life resplendent in the face of death. Mm. That seems to be the theme, is this idea of how can the birth of the universe and the sheer beauty and incredibleness of life be contrasted against death, mm. you know, which is so absolute and final. And it's a really affecting movie in that yes. sense. But the constant talk of grace mm. and, you know, where were you? Where were you that I could find you? It's, it's just, it really muddies the waters and for me makes it harder to enjoy the gorgeous visuals and seductive pacing. For the Fair most enough. part, sometimes work great. Yeah. Like there's a scene where Brad Pitt's dad character is being so awful and the kid is walking away from the dinner table having just been like insulted and briefly fucking considers dropping a car on his dad mm-hmm. by kicking the jack out of the, the car yeah. he's working on. And as he's walking away, the voiceover says, God, please kill him. And it's great. That's a character yeah. moment. It's really mm. affecting. That's good. But yeah. the other stuff is just kind of like having the author's voice constantly there and it's distracting. It's muddied more so by future Malik's, by the fact that that, yes. just, that just became his thing, that he'd do that for every yeah. film. Regardless it, it, it of how cheapens it. Is. It really, it makes yeah. you just think, oh, he's not, he's not actually doing it because it makes a certain sort of narrative <laughs> or conceptual sense to be doing it. He's doing it because that's yeah. just the thing that he did then. I blame Hans Zimmer. He wrote beautiful music to go to the backing of the oh. thing and he just, it stuck. <laughs> and, and Terrence Malick went, this is fucking great. It's all me though. <laughs> all me, Terrence Malick. <laughs> I can concede definitely that Tree of Life is better than Song to Song. It's better because the visuals are more stunning. (laughs) I know. The theme is more coherent and the scope is much more ambitious. It's also more Mm. fanciful. Tree of Life has scenes like where they imagine the brother just like perfectly in the earth. Yeah. Like having been buried and it's really creepy yeah and as like jessica chastain flying around and yeah. a weird sequence with a giant in the loft with the boy as he's yeah. cycling around it's it's kind of surreal and, and like playful and i like that it takes yeah. the sting out of some of the po-facedness and of the it. Cr- creation of the universe mm. even though the yeah. cgi was um was was quite janky in a few places you know with the with the dinosaurs and things like that dinosaurs yes but only yeah. some of the actual universe creation was cgi because yeah. I think, didn't they get douglas trump back i think so and he did yeah. a lot of um yes for anyone who doesn't know he did the special effects for 2001 space yeah. odyssey and directed which Silent went on running and it went on to influence uh the fountain and the effects they use for that so it's, yeah <laughs> yeah um, absolutely and i think he did it by like d- dropping paint into like water and filming it and which is fant- like that. fantastic and yeah. i remember being mesmerized and mm, and, and, and then e- even the dinosaur going grace <laughs> the other, <laughs> <dinosaur>. <laughs> Alan, fine, it didn't really matter because it was what was being said and communicated at the time. It sort of outshone the special effects at that point, which didn't quite keep up with the moment. 
Or it may be jarred yeah. during, sorry, is what I meant yeah. to say. One last thing on Tree of Life is just that there's something disingenuous about Song to Song, which I didn't feel with Tree of Life. Mm. It's something affected about it. Tree of Life feels personal. It feels like yes. this might be Terrence Malick's childhood. Yes. With Song to Song, it just... And I, it, I'm getting the impression this is what Knight of Cups is also like. Maybe it's about what Malick's life has become subsequently. Mm. That he's going to these kinds of parties and just... Um, Maybe. Living this kind of lifestyle. And it's like, who was the band who had their third album and it was like all about how painful it is to get bad reviews and such? Stereophonics, maybe? May- oh, maybe know, they, do, it, they do Mr. Writer. And, yeah, it, yeah, it's a common thing. It's yeah. a common thing that bands, you know, eventually reach a certain... And comedians as well reach a certain yeah. level of success and popularity that all of their yeah. material just becomes about, you know, airplanes and hotels. And... Yeah. Best parodied in Johnny Vegas' is Who's Ready for Ice Cream. I haven't seen that. Oh, God. You, you must. You must. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, if we're talking about the effectiveness... Sorry, I just want to mention that we brought up Johnny Vegas' Who's Ready for Ice Cream <laughs> in our Terence Malick discussion. I love it. That we brought up Tarkovsky and the Coens, I'm pretty sure, in our Home Alone 3 review, so it works both ways. <laughs> Um, we if yeah if we're talking about the effectiveness of song to song, uh-huh. when you're looking at the camera work in Tree of Life, for example, a very intimate, disorienting shots and camera work. Mm. Similarly, in the, th- the Thin Red Line, you know, lots of gorgeous panning and a con- like a camera constantly in motion. He's employing similar techniques in song to song, except there's no th- sort of through line or narrative to accompany it mm. to justify it, and therefore, and therefore, it means. We have all of these scenes of these couples interacting. They're all improv because there's no script, but every single one of them felt staged. Yeah. Every single one of them, whether it was, okay, this is the scene where Ryan Gosling and Rudy Mara do a little dance to show that they're in love. Mm. And it feels so fake and empty. Yeah. And they're always tussling. They're always yeah. just like throwing each other over each other's shoulders. And it just, it does, there's no chemistry there. It feels very, mm. there's a couple of scenes where it actually feels like they're yes. friends hanging out, which we'll come to when we quick fire. But yeah, yeah. It, it, the whole thing feels quite forced. And it's because there's no context to any of the shots as well. Yeah. So you, you, you just have the three seconds of them having a little tussle. Yeah. Or the three seconds of, them, of Rooney Mara doing a little mm. dance or a jump or something and then laughing. And it's like, okay, these could be really cute moments, but they have to have some sort of context or we have to have more a better understanding of them as people. And and, and that was achieved in Tree of Life from the Thin Red Line yes. in, in their own, using much of the same techniques, but... Yeah, absolutely. And do you know what I've just done is I've just figured out Sean Penn. One of my recurring Ooh. thoughts in Tree of Life is why is Sean Penn here? I don't understand why we need him. This the, He's not really in the story. I don't right. necessarily understand how it relates, but he is kind of the spectator and he is mm. the modern man who is reflecting on his memories of childhood and that's why this technique works so well in tree of life is because that hallucinatory yeah. kind of dreamy drifting from just moment to moment as they mention in song to song works because it's a guy reflecting on his childhood in a really abstract yeah, way absolutely in the same way that tarkovsky's mirror is that but this this yeah. isn't that this is just i mean i know he's trying to capture life and how life works and life is just a series of moments but with no, it's not like this is an old woman thinking about her hazy youth when she was, you know, young and stupid and in love with Michael Fassbender. It's a narrative in progress with yeah. twists and turns, and it really doesn't suit that. And it's because of that that when we have the camera swooping in and giving us these Dutch mm. angles and closing in on the characters and coming out again and following a child running through the grass, it becomes very clear that this is directed. Mm. It's not a it's not a spectator. It's not. I, I, I feel like again, similarly, my God, that drill is loud. It is. Well, that's sore. <laughs> Holy shit, everyone! I'm so sorry. 
Um, <laughs> Barry Bigsaw's back. <laughs> Fuck yeah. He's, he's evolved. He was given a moonstone. He's given a, a Ginster's Cornish pasty and he's evolved to, to Barry Sawman. <laughs> Fuck you, Australian workforce. <laughs> including including catering people. I saw kicked up as you said that as if in response. Fucking Literally, hell. including me. I hate you all. So, but Stop working, Australia. What a Saturday. <laughs> it's almost God's day. Australia, why do you work? <laughs> Having not enjoyed Tree of Life, To the Wonder felt kind mm. of like an Emperor's New Clothes moment, where suddenly everyone mm. was looking at To the Wonder and saying, oh, hang on a minute, this is just really dumb and, and um, pompous. And I was like, yes, isn't it? That's what I said about Tree of Life, and only now do people see it. <laughs> but I do now have the nuance to see what is good Malik and what is not. Mm. And I can acknowledge that To the Wonder, again, he has the pieces, but part of that can only be because of the people he surrounds himself with, this brilliant cinematographer. Yeah. He has this thing where... And it did make me make me wonder about Tree of Life, so I'm glad you could, I'm glad you went back to confirm yes. this for me that it was actually decent. But mm. the the moments that I f- found myself sitting up and going, oh, hang on, is the voiceover in this film because there'd be something said, like the the line, "I went along like someone in a dream." So, when there's a a line mm. that hints at the narrative or character development, I every single time I sat up and went, oh, I, I was interested in that bit. Maybe yeah. I, I've been misjudging this film. Maybe, I, I <laughs> yeah. just, maybe I've been not paying attention enough. And exactly. This is my fault. But then as soon as that stopped and it went back to another scene of um, yeah. Michael Fassbender chasing prostitutes around his mansion. Yes. You, you go, oh, no, no, that's just, that's separate to the, to the footage that we're seeing. <laughs> yeah, I had... And there's no, there's actually no nothing there to back that up. I would have the same thing with To the Wonder. I remember this. I remember watching this and just being like, I don't care who Ben Affleck ends up yeah. with. I yeah. just don't. And then every so often, Javier Bardem would come through talking about faith. And it's like, oh, yeah. wait, hang on. Is this good? Is it? I can't tell. Yeah. He's doing the same thing he did in Beautiful. 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 <laughs> Beautiful. Javier Bardem is beautiful. <laughs> best gal. And a bunch of dead immigrants. <laughs> the depressing film. Oh, great. But it's like he, he's written little, a couple of couplets and then filmed eight hours of footage to go around it. Yeah. And that's not enough. And, and and if anything, like we said in The Voyage of Time, it ruins it. It would have been a wonderful showreel of, mm. of the world with gorgeous cinematography. It feels like there's no agency in the stuff that Terrence Malick's doing now. Yeah. It's just he's on autopilot and he's just filming beautiful things, putting a voice over the top. And he maybe he just loves the process and isn't willing to now just wait until he has a decent idea. In which case, I could only suggest just giving up the script writing. He's going the Japanese route. He lives in Osaka and he's just exploring the same theme over and over again for himself. (laughs) He actually lives in Austin and is pulling a bit of a Shyamalan. And as much as he's not leaving Austin (laughs) to film his shit anymore. Except they went to they went to Mexico as well on a holiday. Oh, yeah, that's true. Sandler. To the the Mexico, <laughs> the Mexico Wind Resort. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things that indicates how underwhelming this film is is the fact that it failed to trigger me in a way that I thought it would. Because I was very anxious about seeing yeah. this film from the trailer. I have hang-ups about narratives that involve cheating, and particularly this very mm. gross idea that some men are just so alpha that they'll be able to seduce mm. your girl even against her own will and judgment. Doesn't matter how much she likes you, some guys. They're just not going to even have to try. Although these days, when I see that, I'm more likely to just get annoyed by annoyed by it. Because it's just like, yeah. all right, male scriptwriter, because I know there is one. Yeah. Get the fuck over yourself or stop worrying so much. This is ridiculous. But it can still make me uncomfortable. Yeah. Luckily, I didn't give a shit about any of these characters, so I really didn't mind no. that Rooney Ma was sleeping with um, ultra-alpha <laughs> fastbender. Yeah, I, I didn't care. And yeah. can 
on the flip side, I didn't care when Val Kilmer chainsawed an amp until it exploded <laughs> and burst into flames. That. You're supposed to get some sort of frisson from or feel something about the relationship or about the music. Yeah. But again, he doesn't focus on the music. He doesn't fa- really focus on what makes what drives these characters or anything. It's just think- a sh- again, like Voyage of Time, it feels like a showreel. I think ultimately the thing about Song to Song is that he just doesn't focus. Yeah. He didn't focus enough in this film and it suffered for it. Before we quickfire, would you imagine like... Imagine an eight-hour cut. <laughs> Fuck me, no. Just imagine what that would have been. I can't. I can't imagine eight hours with these fucking non-existent characters. Jesus. That would be miserable. Would you like to hear about Terence Malick's next film? Oh, go on then. It's called Radigant and it's about an, yeah. an Austrian conscientious objector who refuses to fight for the Nazis. It has... That sounds great. It has Matthias Schernitz, uh, ah. Michael Nykvist in one of his final roles. And one of my favourite human beings of all time, Bruno Gantz. Oh, um, cool. All of this is very annoying because it sounds good. Mm. I didn't want to see Song to Song or <laughs> Night of Cups. The premises yeah. are, were just entirely uninteresting to me. They didn't look good. It didn't look like something I wanted to see. So when the critics came along and said to stay away, I was more than happy to take that advice. Mm-hmm. But I guess I'm going to have to go see Radigand because I'm curious. Yeah, it does actually sound good. It's a really interesting premise. Yes, I just um, really hope that this film about Austrian conscientious objectors has something to do with Austria or conscientious objection. Yeah. Honestly, maybe, they filmed it in Ger- Germany. I'm amazed they didn't just film it in fucking Austin. Maybe Bruno Gantz is coming back to play Hitler. So I just read, the Austrian Frank Jaeger starter, a conscientious objector, refuses to fight for the Third Reich in World War II and is executed by them. Okay. Oh. <laughs> oh, he's saying All that. right. <laughs> Gosh, oh, I mean, they'll, they'll probably show the death like right at the beginning, and then it will be about like you know, you know, and, and it it will be a close up on Matthias Schernitz's face, <laughs> and it, and it will be like death, <laughs> sweet mother, bullets coming from mother. <laughs> Reminds me of that summer I spent with Rooney Mara. No, <laughs> <laughs> when I was the fourth fuckboy <laughs> in that, in that tri- triangle. triangle. This is a fucking sequel to Song to Song. It's <laughs> I hate you, Terence. <laughs> I, I am. Why am I hopeful? What, it's because I know what it's, it's, Terence Malick is capable of, and I. Yeah. And this is a great premise. Look, it's not it's about that, rich, spoiled douchebags. So yeah. it's about an actual thing. And generally speaking, although we haven't seen New World, films about things and period pieces seem to be his forte. Shall we quickfire? Quickfire. Can I just say, actually, my quickfire list. If I were to include every uh-huh. single beautiful shot in this film, it would be the longest. It would be the longest list here. Let's just concede that it has beautiful cinematography throughout. I will add that there's some really interesting digital aesthetic early on, especially in the festival scenes where there's like handheld shaky camera work on a clearly sort of digital low grade camera. Like those baffling shots in The Hobbit, the second Hobbit movie where suddenly it just cuts to like a GoPro. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like that. Peter Jack- less oh, Peter Jackson's a director. He is right outside my fucking house. I've just checked. He's... My God. This is the worst. Do we need his fucking permission to release this now? Because he's in it more than I am. (laughs) He's going to have to sign a consent form. I'm going to go out and scream at him and see what happens. (laughs) Fuck you! Could you sign this, mate? Can I... Why is my street so shit? I'm going to (laughs) keep... What's wrong with you? What's wrong with your place? Sinking into the ocean. There's a huge heroin problem in my area as well, but you don't hear them on the recording. <laughs> you don't hear them in the background going, this is brilliant! <laughs> I bloody love heroin! No, they're usually don't you, my... Bob? <laughs> no, they're usually sitting outside my um, garage door, asleep. 
Sometimes surrounded by paramedics. Which doesn't disrupt anything. No. Salt of the earth types, then. Anyway, what's your first <laughs> good thing? Oh, God. I really enjoyed the opening line. Oh, my God, this is awful. I really enjoyed the opening line um, from Rooney Mara, which sort of coincides with the first shot. I went through a period when sex had to be violent. I thought, oh, yeah. what a fucking opening gambit. That's a good novel, for, a good opening line for like a novel. Oh, I really like the toilet roll thing, which is that Ryan Gosling is on the top of this kind of really tall building and he sort of has a nearly empty toilet roll and he pinches the one end and like just drops it. And in a second, the whole thing unfurls like really quickly, leaving him with this long stro- um, string of toilet roll. I don't know, it was fun. It was like a cool thing. And my gut went, don't you dare drop that litter, litter bug. <laughs> He didn't, I don't think he did drop it, but he did drop that roll. Took out a chaffinch. Took it right out. One of the moments of Ryan Gosling and Rooney Mara interacting as a couple mm. that I really liked. Ryan Gosling's carrying Rooney Mara, and she just suddenly hangs upside down with an enormous smile on her face, like a oh, yeah. little kid just being chucked around by a granddad. And it was genuinely <laughs> sweet, because it looked like she actually enjoyed it, and maybe she wasn't expecting it. I did like some of the stuff of them tussling around. The first time yeah. it happened, before I realised there was going to be two hours of this, it was, it was quite believable. You know, I think there's a scene yeah. where they're like... Fighting the red hot chili peppers or something. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's quite good. And the first time Michael Fassbender does a sort of ballet move when he's walking away from Ryan Gosling and does a yeah. s- sort of kick style thing. It was, it was sweet. I liked it. Good physical acting from Michael Fassbender. Um, yes. There's a bit of him monkeying around. Yes. Yes, on the beach. Chase, chasing Rooney Mara. Very the good little, physicality there. I like that scene Very where good. they have those little like whistles or something and they're just sort of. And I think Ryan Gosling's yeah. doing his like whistle laughing. Which is quite cute. The John Lydon bit felt quite good. Like every so often they would, and also, do you know who the female pop star they kept talking to was? Patty Smith. Was it Patty Smith, the big bushy-haired lady who Rudy Ma has the sort of tête-à-tête with? Yes. The pop stars acted like more naturally than the fucking actors did. An important lesson in life: learn all the rules when you're young, because that makes mum and dad happy, and then throw the fucking lot of them out the window. And, and in particular, John Lydon seemed like himself. Just seen like uh, him. As seen on British television. Yeah. As seen on Butter Adverts. Yes. Punk icon. <laughs> Fuck me. Yeah, it's a, it's a real um, step up, really, from Butter Adverts to late Terrence yeah. Malick. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. The same for Iggy Pop and car yeah. insurance adverts. Great. <laughs> Fucking hell. Punk's not dead, everyone. <laughs> Malick! There was a good shot of Flea in action slapping that bass. <laughs> Giving it a good old Fuck slap yeah. and a tickle. Uh, speaking of them lifting each other, which is pretty much the only bonding moments, I really enjoyed Mara <laughs> lifting Gosling. Yeah, that was cute. I like that. Kind of, I like that. I I love that sort of thing. <laughs> Going back to that line, I went along like someone in a dream. Mm. Um, it's a really sumptuous scene. Whether they're just in a club now. Oh, with the lights, the neon. Yeah, the gorgeousness of that line and what I was seeing and the the music, actual, Mm. you know, music playing for longer than a second. Yeah. It tricked me momentarily into misremembering the previous 40 minutes. (laughs) It's very gorgeous. Everything came together really well for that. Speaking of moments where the film really came alive, when Gosling and Fassbender are arguing, having their falling out, Mm. and right now I can't even fucking tell you what it was about, but I liked it. It was dynamic, mm. the way in which they were getting on each other's nerves and trying to be conciliatory mm. and then not being, and it kept cutting forward in time. And you, put it back up your ass. you think you're better than me, don't you? <laughs> you look down on me. I gave you everything, man. And you still sit up on your high horse looking down Put on your me. your fingernails, man! Where's the dirt? 
You think you can get here without getting your hands dirty at least? You know, generally arguments were good. I really liked a moment later on where Mara, Kara Wilson. <laughs> yep. Uh, Mara Natalie Portman says um, she has a line twice like he asks her how long have you known him and she gives the same answer yeah. twice and it reminded me of something like out of Upstream Color where it's like these scenes keep playing out over and over again for these two mm. they're trapped That's in this cool. hideous loop and the only way to end it is going to be to break up now because they can't get past this Ryan Gosling calling his mum a stone cold fox and then her laughing was a really great moment <laughs> yeah. um, felt really genuine and it was quite cute until his mum became mental <laughs> Love it. Yeah. yeah, she just says Kate Blanchett's just not for you. Yeah. Over and over again. And when Ryan Gosling goes to the toilet, just staring at Kate Blanchett and going, you're sad. Why? <laughs> Stop cutting her face open. Speaking of which, the <laughs> fucking scissor guy got a reaction out of me. The guy with a pair of scissors for his nose, who then just starts oh, yeah. twisting them about the place and shoving them into his skull. That made me go, whoa, okay. And I woke That's up fun. for that. Rooney Mara had some great restrained moments, I thought. She was probably mm. my favourite performance mm. in this. When when she's telling Ryan Gosling that Fassbender's got in, back in touch with her to offer her a, um, a deal yeah. that would take her places, and Ryan Gosling has probably his best moment as well, actually, where he's oh, yeah. like, I don't... You know, how, you know how I feel about this, but you've got to do it. Yeah. And then Rooney Mara just gives this, this small but brilliant smile. Yeah. And it says so much, and it radiates so much. Well, speaking of best Gosling moments, my favourite moment was probably when he was bonding with his dad, who was in the coma. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, he goes and sort of, you know, just the physicality yeah. of him with the dad, yeah. I found really believable, and it was it was nice. It was a nice yeah. thing. And maybe, I guess that's what it was meant to be, is this whole film has been so full of artifice and fake yeah. shit that this is what's real at the end, mm. which was encouraging. And I will say that at the end, Gosling and Mara together felt way more believable. They were way more restrained with each yeah. other and sensibly in love. And it felt so much better. But and it's not, <laughs> and I did think again momentarily: is this just was this the point of the film? And e- but even if it was, it doesn't make it better. It just <laughs> maybe it was meant to be annoying. Lolly out of Lolly is this really great moment in the um, films to be buried with. I watched uh, where she <laughs> says that ninety percent of all film criticisms could be countered with maybe that was the point. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. feels like one of the things where it's just like, yeah. Well, oh, this was really boring and factuous and really dumb. Maybe that was the point. It doesn't work for ninety percent of Sofia Coppola's <laughs> oeuvre, so it doesn't fucking work for doesn't song to song. Always work. <laughs> but then a great counter to that is just stabbing him in the eye with a fork. <laughs> yeah, my my final one I'll just say is just nice ending. I really like the ending where they decide to love each other forever and they're really sweet together and it's nice. Yeah. That's cool. I have a couple more. Okay. So the duet the duet that Ryan Gosling and his ex that he hooks up with for a bit to sing with. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a really cool duet. That was, like, one of the only bits of music in the film, and it was great. You're so smart Going around Breaking lovers' hearts You'll be defeated Why don't you have more of that? They're musicians, yeah. Terence. <laughs> Are they? Two more things, and it's about things being put on Rooney Mara. So <laughs> one of them, Rooney Mara is lying on the floor smiling. with her eyes closed. <laughs> Flex of gravy. Um, Flex of one gravy of them... Marla, which she's known. <laughs> <laughs> they call me the gravy train. <laughs> je, je suis. <laughs> <laughs> That's Beverly Marla's voice. She's French-Asian, so she talks like this. Oh, yep. <laughs> The gravy train. train, that's me. Boof, boof you. I don't know what gravy is, so beef juice. <laughs> boof beef. you, Jesus Christ. Ugh. <laughs> Jambon, 
Drip. Ham. Go on, Paul. <laughs> Leaving. Ja- jambon van. Jambon beer. Coco jambon. <laughs> We're great. We're great at foreigns. No, she's... Rooney Mara is lying on the floor with her eyes shut, and from screen right comes Ryan Gosling's hand with a toy deer on it, and he just puts it on her face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's that. And there's also the bit where he puts a caterpillar on her. And it's just a caterpillar. Yeah, it's on her. Brilliant. That's it. And that's my good things. Well, good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? My final good thing is that I'm really genuinely happy that I can now say that I like Tree of Life. Because for ages, that was such a big bugbear for me, is that I couldn't understand really why I disliked it, and... I guess that's something I'm going to have to keep thinking about, especially now that I do like it. Like, what was the barrier there? What was it that was keeping me out for so long? Because I I Mm. get it now. I get what was being done. And maybe, I don't know, maybe 10 years from now, we'll be reviewing Nykvist or whatever the fuck the film was called. We'll say, you know what? I went back and watched Song to Song. Uh, Only, yeah, not as mind-numbingly boring as it was the first time. And now now be a triumph. We're better people for that, maybe. (laughs) We're deader people now. We sold out to the Malik machine. (laughs) (laughs) The Malakian machine. And good good one. That's really positive. Yeah. How about that OGT? The OGT. I thought you were going to do a barbershop thing there. OGT. I was too too busy trying to figure out if I was good enough to try and work OGT into that tribal song from the the Finn Red Line. From the Wild Wild Line. (laughs) Great. (laughs) The OG team. Oh, God. Well, that OG team. Team, team, team. Wicked, wicked OG team. Produced one from Janelle, my girlfriend. Ah! My real (laughs) girlfriend. She said the one good thing about Song to Song is that it inspired me to leave the room and learn to make a really good modular origami cube. (laughs) As you'd expect. And she made five, in fact. Great. (laughs) So she's understating of anything. Which is what Terence Malick. Brilliance of Terence Malick. Much like Terence Malick, yeah. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Eddie. Team Janelle. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, JN. JH. Fuck, nearly. What's the next bit of our format? It's time for the one better thing. Let's talk about the one better thing. The one better thing. My one better thing. I'm going to keep hold of Lamont Dublé for now, though I think I mentioned it in um, our Fifty Shades of Grey episode. I'm going to keep cool. hold of that until we cover maybe Showgirls. That might be the time for the double lover. Cool. Um, I'm also going to keep hold of Blaze, although that was a brilliant film from this year about musicians that's actually got music in it. Ah, I thought you were going to say Blade. <laughs> also it's... keep hold of Blade for obvious reasons. Not really. <laughs> for obvious reasons, it's got nothing to fucking do with any of this. No, it's it's Ethan Hawke's uh, directorial film. Debut? Ah. Maybe not, but it was Ooh. his film last year and um, it was fucking great. It was a really lovely cool. film about a genuine folk, a genuine folk singer, Paul. Oh, I saw that on the plane and I didn't see it. As in, I oh. saw that it was on the plane, and I didn't see it. <laughs> oh, well, it was great. It's about a real uh, singer who was shot in a dispute, and that, that's revealed early on in the film. But anyway, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go up the Shurnut's hole. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to climb into the Shurnut's hole and recommend a bigger splash. Ooh, Luca Guadagnino's 2015 Italian drama. That is fucking superb. It's basically yeah. this film. Better. Yeah. Uh, Matteo Shurnut's is dating biggest superstar in the world, uh, Tilda Swinton. Uh, who is playing a musician who everyone loves. Uh, yeah, she's she's playing this big m- musician who's in... Is she in Italy? A little island in Italy? I think um, so. And they're recovering. Yeah, the Italian island of um, Pantaliera, which incidentally... Okay. Ha- there's Joe a- Pantaliano. <laughs> of Joe Pantaliano. There's a little Weird. thing in my copy of The Biggest Splash that says, come and visit the little island where this film was shot. Yeah, it's not the most glowing recommendation. <laughs> it's lo- it looks lovely, <laughs> yeah. but the police force are massively incompetent and corrupt. Yeah, 
And there's a bit where Ralph Fiennes loudly declares that it used to be used to sell slaves or something like that. So, yeah. Hey, great. Come visit. Anyway, they're there. Yeah. And they're recovering because Tilda Swinton's lost her voice. When suddenly the worst human being on the fucking planet arrives, Ray Fiennes, who is <laughs> Tilda Swinton's ex and kind of mentor to Matthias yeah. Schoenert's character. Still very much in her life. Yep, still very much in her life and all over her face. And I remember just being so fucking tense. It's that thing I talked about because he's such a big presence that you just get the impression yeah. that he can get whatever he wants of yours, mm. including your Tilda Swinton. Oh, God. So... I was on edge throughout the entire thing. This time round, really, I really just appreciated how much of an absolute cock that character is. Yeah. Ralph Fine- Ray Fiennes plays him so well. Yeah. He's fucking unbearable. Oh it's beautiful. God. Everything about him is loud and crass yeah. and, and just like faux. She seems shy, but she is a lovely bit like her mother. And underneath, she is every inch my girl, aren't you? I think so. We're kind of, where are your wheels? Let's go. Okay, anyway, it doesn't matter. Oh, I know where we should go. We can go spotting at Fabrizio's. He'll put us up. But now, keep going. It's up here on, there's a restaurant in the hills here. And Ken, you're going to love it. It's amazing. You didn't know this was here. Oh, don't tell me you've been eating out of the fridge all this time. He had lost six grand's worth of cocaine and a parking lot. I mean, I've only seen that much cocaine in my life maybe twice. <laughs> when he told me, I, I nearly had a fucking seizure in the green room. I couldn't, I couldn't let it go. The thought of it lying out there under somebody's... Dodge caravan or pickup or whatever. So, and on top of all that, she's a, she's a trumpet of Jericho, white hot fuck. <laughs> she fucks and she fucks and she fucks. But well, why are we listening to this? You want to end up in a padded room? <laughs> it was on the timetable. No, no, but it's shit. So I give Mick castanets. So you got Chuck Lovell on the harmonium, and everyone is folding in all this beautiful shit. But this song is not taking off. I mean, it's am, the most am I beautifully observed a monster yeah. on earth? Am I right in remembering that? people don't see this in the film except for Matthias Schoenertz really people are hmm. still like him and are oh, yeah, in, yeah. enthralled no, no. by him no one notices yes. and it's a horrible feeling <laughs> yes it is it's just like am I fucking alone here that this guy's the biggest wanker in the world yeah. I might sleep with him what you're my mum <laughs> I might sleep with him too well you're my girlfriend well you know we might sleep with him together Ipso facto. <laughs> what? He is Ralph Fiennes. But there's, there's like a moment where he starts dancing to this record he's put on. He's often naked, usually dancing, screaming yeah. at the top of his lungs, insulting people, but like always just in this really matey kind of way, mm. very subtly putting awful. other people down with his compliments. He's mm-hmm. a masterwork. I will say one thing about Bigger Splash. It's a, it's another, because it's the Call Me By Your Name guy. It's Luca Guadagnino, yeah. so it's gorgeous. It's yeah. sun-kissed, yeah. beautiful drama. Um with a much harsher edge yeah. than um, <laughs> Call Me By Your Name. Double Bill. Yes, it is. <laughs> Follow up with Suspiria, make it a trilogy. <laughs> yeah. There is something that happens in the third act, which I won't spoil, but to me, the movie does shift down a gear after that mm. because it's the, it's such an extraordinary thing that happens. It's where the film becomes a movie, if that yeah. makes sense. It's where you stop relating to it and it becomes a really good thriller, mm. but it's not an unrelenting anxiety nightmare anymore. Yeah. Which might be good for some of you. <laughs> but, uh, oh, one last thing, speaking of Suspiria, sorry, is that Dakota Johnson is in this film playing Harry's daughter. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, uh, Ray Fan's character is Harry. And she's such a weird presence. You don't mm. know what she's up to. She speaks Italian, but she's not telling anyone, and she's trying to have sex with everyone. But yeah. And she's she's Harry's daughter, but they're awfully close. And what the fuck is going on? So, yeah, she's an excellent sort of wild card in the whole thing. Beautifully acted, beautifully shot. What a film. The bigger splash. Go go dive right in. Dive oh, on it. Oh signed Peter Travers. <laughs>
My one better thing is Blue Valentine. Uh, it's been mentioned before uh, in the mm. one of the one good things you might have missed, talking about Derek Jean France's oeuvre. Oh, yes. Starring Ryan Gosling also, uh, Michelle Williams. And really, it's just a clearer, more heartfelt and better focused treatise on love. It's two stories that intersect throughout the film. There's a young Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams who meet and fall in love and end up being together. And the other story is the older Gosling and Williams, they have a kid and they're struggling to keep the marriage going and it's tearing the both of them apart. It's a beautiful and heartbreaking but real story about two Mm. people after the happy ever after becomes happy ever after. It's engineered the perfect circumstances for naturalistic performances. Improv included, not just whipping out a camera and filming them doing whatever. Yeah. Over the course um, of two years. Yeah, God. doesn't need voiceovers to capture what it does about love. It says something so essential about the, the tale that everybody knows about two people trying to make things work, even in the face of the adversity of nothing working whatsoever. It's, mm. it's really well acted. One of the most beautiful and bittersweet films I've ever seen. And God, if you haven't seen it yet, then please do. It's... Yeah. Yeah, it's just solid all the way through. There's one thing I forgot to say, actually, about... Oh! Um, oh! About A Bigger Splash, is that this is a movie about people who are in music, and it's full of music. They talk about music, they, they ca- you know, Ray Fiennes cannot shut up about music, yeah. the constant underlying threat... Mm of the film is whether or not Tilda Swinton is going to be able to reclaim her gift and who she might be without it. Yes. And it's just, it's a, it's a part of the film. Their celebrity mm. is a part of the film as well. And it becomes ultimately, eventually, the most important part of the film as things progress. So yeah, it's not just an incidental, this is why they're rich or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's a driving force in there. That was the one better thing. The one better thing. Uh, how can people find out more about The One Good Thing? Thanks for listening to One Good Thing. And if you want to find out about One Good Thing, you can do so via Twitter and Facebook, OGT Pod. You can contribute your One Good Things on Facebook and Twitter. Just keep watching the Facebooks. Refresh it every five seconds. That is how you truly live your life. Uh, if you want to recommend us to a friend, please do that. If you haven't yet left us a review, that would be the um, most amazing thing. Yeah. If you want to do it and post a little tweet tweeteroo to the poor boys... Tweet. Yeah, we'll big you up. We'll big you the fuck up like fucking clowns would. Your friends will never think about you the same the same again after they hear what we got yeah, to say. Yeah, seriously. Never again. Never again will they even look at you. Yeah, they would spit on you to put out a fire, mate. <laughs> fucking legend or spit. absolute pariah. We'll find a way. Yeah. Whatever you want, you tell us. <laughs> Tweet. We won't listen. Retweet. And we'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah, anyone who wants to get more involved, it's great. We've been getting some really lovely contributions recently. Anyone who'd um, like to get want... involved in an immersive threesome with us as we travel around Texas, yeah. unbeknownst to each other, yeah. send a, send your letters to Michael Fassbender. He arranges that sort of thing. <laughs> send, send your emails to one of us, but definitely not the other. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Oh, shit, I want... fucked it up at the first stage. I CC'd him in. I'm rubbish at this. If you would like to purchase any OGT merchandise, T-shirts or mugs, then you're going to have to wait a little while because that's not a thing. <laughs> um, if other than that, my novel Duckhead remains available on Amazon, five yep. ninety nine in paperback. Duckhead, that, link... it's really good. Yeah, exactly. Check it out. D- duckhead or Doghead? What ha- What did you say? I think you accidentally said Duckhead. Ooh, <laughs> that's just my accent, Paul. Are you? Oh, are you ridiculing me for my for my weird <laughs> well... sort of Northampton <laughs> twang? Sometimes are you saying that your twang is weird, mate? <laughs> are you being prejudiced <laughs> against yourself? Are you assuming my twang? <laughs> Oh, you super twanger. Bye. Bye. I'm Paul Salt. I'm Paul Goodman. And remember, one good thing about song to song is tree of life.